Hopefully you brought your Bible tonight. If you got your Bible tonight, turn it to the book of Luke. Everybody say Luke. The book of Luke. Turn it to the book of Luke um, 5. And, and I, love, I love this story. I love the story of Luke 5, 17. And, and I could preach like several different things out of this message tonight. But we're going to go through this and we're going to make this happen tonight. And I got to hurry. So here we go. It goes like this. Oh, before we get started, I want to encourage you guys to take notes. Write some things down that God could speak to your hearts tonight. Because one thing we say is note takers are history makers. And, and so I want to encourage you guys to write some things down that God could speak to your heart tonight. Here goes like this. One day, as he was teaching, he being Jesus, Pharisees and, and teachers of the land had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem were sitting there. And the power of the Lord was present for, uh, for him to heal the sick. So men came carrying a paralytic on a mat and tried to take him into the house and lay him before Jesus. But when they could not find a way to do this, because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. When Jesus saw their faith, everybody say their faith, their faith, their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. Wouldn't it be cool for Jesus to call you friend? Yeah, I like that. And to say your sins are forgiven, that's pretty cool. Um, so the Pharisees and the teachers of the law begin thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus, cool thing, he knew what they were thinking. And he asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? But that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. And immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Wouldn't you? And everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe. Everybody say awe. And said, we have seen remarkable things today. My prayer tonight and my prayer for every Wednesday night at Emerge is that we leave this place at the end of the night saying, wow, man, we saw, we experienced something remarkable tonight. I know it doesn't always happen and I know it, it, isn't, it doesn't always work that way. But I, my hope and my prayer is that we walk out of this place on Wednesday nights. We walk out of our church on Sunday and we say, wow, I just experienced the presence of God. Something remarkable happened here. Jesus is doing great things. And so um, here's the deal. We haven't talked about this in a while. It's been a little while since we've talked about this, but one of our, if you're new here tonight, you're going to learn this, you're going to know this, but one of our core values, one of the things that we highly value here at Emerge is that found people find people. We believe that if you're found in Christ, if you're saved, if you've accepted him into your life, if you've made him the Lord, the leader, the savior of your life, however you want to say it, we believe then if we have that, then it is our responsibility to tell others. Because we're found, it's our responsibility to find others. Found people, find people. And, and, and so um, let me ask you this. What's God's greatest love? Us. It's us. 
His greatest love is us. And, and if we're trying to be like Jesus, then people should be our heart as well. Not just our friends, not just our buddies, not just our pals, not just the people we hang out with, our little crew, but anyone and everyone that's a living, breathing human being. That should be our heart too, is people. So let's be honest. How many of you guys here tonight would would honestly say that you're a procrastinator? Anybody? Like you procrastinate, you put things off, you wait till the last minute to do things like that that's me that's me listen like wouldn't it be great if if procrastination was a strength wouldn't it be great you're like i have the gift of procrastination right and like like there is there are some people in this room if you were given a year from now to study for a test you had the study guide in everything you would wait until the night before to to look it over, right? Yeah. Okay, so check this out. Fifth grade, for some of you guys, that wasn't long ago. Fifth grade, sitting in class. Listen, fifth grade, sitting in class, the teacher announced that tomorrow is the science fair. Here's the deal. She had probably been announcing it for months but this was the first time that I heard about it. You guys can relate to that? Yeah. So the science fair, what, what's the science fair project that everyone does if you can't think of an original idea? Huh? Volcano, right? Or a solar system. But, so I decided, listen, I decided that I was going to build a volcano. And here's the deal. It turned out really bad. Like, it was really bad. I tried to do it myself, and it was really, really bad. I was actually on the way to school that morning, riding in the car, still trying to build my volcano. And, and so what I did is I just took newspaper, and I crumpled it up, and I tried it to mold it into the form of a volcano. And then, um, like, I glued it to a piece of wood. And I spray painted it brown because all volcanoes are brown, right? And, and, and it was really bad. And so it comes time for the science fair. Like I'm still setting it up like as they're going around taking grades and doing all this stuff. And, I, and, I, and it comes time for the science fair. And the teachers came around and they were grading everyone's projects. And they come around and they grade mine. And I get an incomplete. Like... Like it was so, but like come back, they come around and, you know, you have to explain and you have to make it work. And like my volcano wouldn't erupt. Like I was sweating bullets. Like I was to the point of almost crying. Like I was a pretty shy, quiet kid. And so I was like, <laughs> like I started like that ugly cry kind of thing. And they gave me an incomplete grade. And incomplete. My friends around me, they were getting A's and B's and really good grades. And I'm, I was like, but. Can I bring it back tomorrow? I didn't even know until yesterday. Can I bring it back tomorrow? And they're like, no, you, you get an incomplete. So I got an incomplete. There is a such thing as, as deadlines. There's such things as expirations, expiration dates. Like how many of you guys, you realize, um, you realize that there are expirations for some things, 
you know there's some... Like, I've noticed lately that medicine, if you look at the bottle, has an expiration date on it. Have you guys... Did you guys know that? I didn't know, like, medicine ever expired. I was like, oh, it's 10 years old. I found it in my parents' closet. <sighs> like, don't do that. Um, <laughs> oh, this penicillin's still good, you know. Um, anyways, but it, food expires, right? Some of you guys, like, your refrigerator looks like a science fair project. Um, like, n- not long ago, I was making myself a latte in the coffee shop downstairs one day, and, and I, w- I was so, I got the milk out, <clears throat> and so I, w- I made the espresso shots to make myself a latte, and then I got the milk, I poured it in the little tin can thing, and I steamed the milk. Oh, man, I was so ready for this latte. It was going to be so good. Steamed the milk, dumped it all in there, put it all together, and I took a drink. And, like, as soon as it hit my mouth, like, it came right back out. You guys, has that ever happened to anybody else? Like, you take something really bad. And, like, I, I can witness to you guys today that hot, steamed, expired milk does not taste good at all. I noticed, like, when I was steaming, I was like, this is a little lumpier than usual. Like, it's just weird. And, like, as soon as it hit my mouth, like, I spit it right back out, and then I had to clean up a mess. But <clears throat> one thing I've learned about, about being in ministry and working in a church and being a pastor is that it seems like sometimes that we have an expiration date for people. We have an expiration date for people. Like if you haven't done the right things and you you haven't taken the right steps to be my friend or to do the right things then or, or to be a follower of Jesus by a certain time, then there's no hope for you. Your time for me has expired. Like what's that? Uh, what have, you're dead to me. Right. You know, we say those kind of things. Sometimes our relationships and our friendships have an expiration date. We put an expiration date on it. And and is is there anyone here thankful tonight that God does not put an expiration date on us? Like he continually loves us no matter what. All the time, there's no expiration date continually. So back to our Bible in Luke 5. It's a great story. I love it. I love this story. And it's all about this paralyzed man and, and his four friends around him and that bring him to Jesus. And he gets saved and he gets healed. And you need to know this. Um, back in the day, back in this day, if you, were, if you were handicapped, if you were paralyzed, like in any way at all, like people believed you were that way because of your sin or because of your parents' sin, because of something that they did. They believe that's why you were paralyzed, because of of your sin or someone else's. So if you were like this, you were labeled a sinner. If you were paralyzed like this man, you're labeled a sinner. And these sinners were typically pushed outside the walls of the city, and they were made to be beggars. And sinners were not accepted in society, they didn't want to see you. They didn't want to know you were there. You were useless. They didn't want to know you were around. Like, I wonder if a lot of us, the reason that we lack compassion for people is because we're lacking a perspective of what people look like apart from Jesus. See, apart from Jesus, you, you may not be like physically paralyzed, but you're spiritually paralyzed. 
Paralyzed means that your, your legs or your arms or part of your body isn't working like, and you cannot get somewhere. You cannot reach a destination. You can't move. And, and people who don't have a relationship with Jesus, they can't reach what God's calling them to, to. They can't, they can't walk in freedom. And we need to realize that these people, they're not bad people. They're spiritually paralyzed. See, could you imagine like going up to a paralyzed person and being like, hey, pull yourself together. Get up. Come on, get up. Walk. What is wrong with you? Get up. Get out of here. Like, how many of you guys, have anybody here ever been to another country where they speak another language, not English? You've been to another country and like, so a lot of times that we try to communicate with people from another country and we tend to think that if you talk slower and louder that they're going to understand it right hello where is the banyo and they're they're like uh no habla english i don't know like and like like we, we tend to think that if we speak slower and speak louder, it's going to help them understand us a little bit more. Like, uh, like the volume of your voice doesn't change anything. Like, I, here's, I seriously can't wait to get all of us or the group of us going to Nicaragua this summer and just wait to see you guys, like us trying to communicate with the people there and be like, Hi. The Dante is El Jeremy. Wait, I don't even know what, where is Jeremy? Where am I? So, see, it don't even work for me. So I can't wait until this summer. Like we're trying to speak to people at a different language. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. (laughs) He's in a band called Zuljain. Anyways, um, (laughs) but listen, 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 listen. This is what church looks like sometimes. It looks like that sometimes. Like, get up. What is wrong with you? Why are you doing that? Stop doing that. But our real response should be one of compassion. And we should be saying, I'm here for you. I'm here to help you. I've got a helper and his name is Jesus. Like, I've got a, I've got a solution for your problem and his name is Jesus. Like, I, I dare you guys. I double dog dare you guys in this room to pray regularly. God, break my heart for the lost in my school and in my city. I dare you guys in your regular prayers to say that God, break my heart for the lost. The people at my school, the people in my city, I dare you to make that a regular part of your prayer. Break my heart for my neighbors who don't know you. Help me to see people the way that you see people, God. I dare you to make that part of your prayer. See, God loves humanity. He loves us. He loves you. And and his heart breaks for humanity. He wants everyone to be saved. Do you agree? This means yes. Okay, just checking. Okay, the Bible says this, Luke 5. And Jesus, he's in the house, he's preaching the word, he's going off, like it's lit in the room and like, kind of like how what's happening right now. Um, But I'm no Jesus, I'm no Jesus, I'm sorry. Um, But the Bible says that the house was overflowing with people. 
It was overflowing. Like, it was a big house party. It was overflowing. Like, it was packed. Like, here's the deal. That's what I want for Emerge. That's what I want for this room right here. I want it to be overflowing. I want it to be packed out every time the doors are open, like full of people who are coming to hear about Jesus. This place on Wednesday nights needs to be packed out. Like, if, if you've noticed this about Jesus, everywhere he went, large crowds showed up, right? Right? Large crowds showed up everywhere Jesus went. And Jesus, he, he's the deal. He, he didn't all, he preached a tough message. He preached a tough message sometimes. And messages that like make you sit there and squirm in your seat. Like, and, and you would know that he's talking directly to you. He was talking directly about your sin to you. But at the same time, man, Jesus was so full of love. He was so full of compassion. And people turned up. People showed up, large crowds showed up to see him and to hear him. I pray that when people walk into Emerge, they'll sense a group of people who love them. I'm asking you to do this. I want to ask every one of you guys to do this every single Wednesday night, every time someone new, and, and, or even anytime someone who, who's been here a long time steps through our doors <clears throat> That you'll stop what you're doing, go out of your way, and show them love. Like, you don't have to go, like, full-on hug and, like, kiss their face, like, like anything weird like that. Like, oh, so good to see you here tonight. Like, nothing weird. But just go up to him and be like, hey, my name's Jeremy. I'm so glad that you're here tonight. Welcome. You look awesome. You smell great. I don't know. what. Don't be weird. But, like, show someone love. I want to challenge you guys to do that. Even if it's someone you know, if it's someone you don't know, if it's someone that's better looking than you, if it's someone that dresses worse than you, better than you, uglier than you, smells better than you, smells worse than you, show love. Take every opportunity. Everyone who walks in these doors right here needs to feel loved. Amen? I want to challenge you guys to do this. When you see people walk in our doors, drop what you're doing, head right to them and be like, hey, I'm really glad you're here tonight. Don't like, and be real about it. Be sincere. Hey, I'm glad you're here. Like, don't be like weird. Like, hey, man, I'm glad you're here tonight. Welcome to Emerge. My name's whatever your name is. And de donde, and I was, don't do that. Um, but go out of your way to show love. Every person, every single person is welcome here. Every person is welcome here. And why is that? Because every person is welcome to Jesus. Every person is welcome to Jesus. Don't you ever, don't ever leave it up to someone else. I'll wait for for Jeremy to go talk to them. Or I'll wait for, for Zach to go talk to him. Or I'll wait for Nick to go talk to him. Don't wait for someone else to go and talk to someone. You take the opportunity. Don't leave it up to someone else. We all need to do this. Because people are our heart. If this is who Jesus has called us to be, then people people are our heart. I want everyone here to know this. Tonight. If this is your first time here, or or if this you've been here longer than me... Um, you are welcome in this place, right? 
That's the message of Jesus. So back to Luke 5. There were people in that house who hated Jesus. There were the Pharisees and, and, and people like in the room standing there who were skeptical of him, like didn't believe him, didn't, didn't know him, didn't care about him. They just wanted to see some cool things happen. Let me tell you this. If you've got people in your life who betray you, people who gossip about you, people who make up things about you, people who make fun of you, and you're criticized because of your faith, congratulations. You're starting to look more like Jesus. You got to know that if you're really, really, you, got, you, you need to know this. You need to understand this in, in this room tonight. If you're really going to live for Jesus, people are going to make fun of you. Jesus never said this thing was going to be easy. And if anyone ever told you when you came to Christ that it was going to be easy, then I'm sorry that they lied to you. If you're growing closer and closer to be more and more like Jesus, you're going to get picked on. You're going to get made fun of, and it's not always going to be roses and rainbows and unicorns. Like, it's going to be, it's going to be tough at times. And w- but when they criticize us, when they make fun of us, when they talk about us, what an opportunity to respond like Jesus. See, we're not going to stoop to their level. We're going to kill them with grace and with kindness. That's something that, um, I don't know, since we were even first married, um, Kristen and I, we talked about this, like, this is something that I guess we kind of do. And, and being in ministry, you get talked about you get by Christians, you get made fun of, you get criticized, all this kind of stuff. And, and, and one thing that we've kind of learned to do or we try to do is we try to turn around and just kill them with kindness. And, and I like how the Bible talks about how heaping coals on them, like work, 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 work. And so, but we love them anyways. We're going to show mercy to people who don't show mercy to us. It's an opportunity. What an opportunity to look like Jesus. People are our passion, but not just people who, who are for us, but people who are against us as well. Jesus said, he said this, he said, love your enemies. Jesus, I'm, I'm having a hard time loving my friends, let alone my enemies. See, this, this is where God calls us. So back to our verse. Um, these four friends brought their friend who was paralyzed to Jesus. These guys were committed. Everyone say committed. committed. You've got to be committed to reaching people. It's got to be intentional. The paralyzed man, he was an outcast. And these four friends had to go intentionally find him, intentionally get him, intentionally pick him up. Here's a good question for you tonight. Are you even looking? Are you looking? Man, I, I really love Emerge. I love Wednesday nights. But church really begins tomorrow. It really begins tomorrow. God, this, this guy in my class, he's never nice to me. But Lord, let me see him the way that you see him. The friends, like these, these guys' friends, they didn't just find him. They went and picked him up. Picking up people is work. Have you ever tried to pick up a, a, well, I haven't done this either, but like 
pick someone up who's just dead weight. Like, that's really tough to do. And these guys went and they just picked him up. Here's the deal. Picking up people, lifting them up, it's work. It's work. It's going to take work. Work, 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 work. Who are you carrying? Who are you carrying? You've got to stoop down and go where they are and pick them up. So they carried people, but they also fought through the crowd. They carried him and they fought through the crowd. They got to the full house and they carried their friend through the crowd and they still couldn't get to Jesus, but they didn't quit. They didn't give up. Let's be a group of people who are committed and will not give up on getting our friends to Jesus. You know, like, to be honest, us as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we've kind of gotten lazy. We've gotten lazy. I mean, like this message of, of evangelism and reaching your friends, we preach this over and over and over. And not only in here, but in, in the adult church, we preach this message over and over about evangelism, about reaching your friends, about reaching your family, your whole Christian life. You will hear this message and what needs to be done. What is, what is the deal? What needs to be done to get people to tell their friends about Jesus? Like, here's the deal. We know more Bible than most people around the world. We know more Hillsong songs than we know what to do with. How can we fight through the crowd to save our friends? What can we do? This was a paralyzed man who, who, who had two legs who didn't work. And all of a sudden his four friends pick him up and he goes from having two bad legs to eight good legs. And Paul said in the word to carry each other's burdens. It's a picture of the church. These guys were committed, but they were also creative. Everyone say creative. These guys carried their friends in the house, but it's packed and they can't get to him. So they go to the roof and they start digging a hole in the roof. And, and like this is not normal. It's not normal to start digging a hole through a roof. And Jesus is preaching and he's standing down here preaching. And all of a sudden, like dust starts falling. And like you see these guys like digging, digging a hole. I'm digging a hole, like digging a hole through the roof. And and. Could you imagine if you're in that place, if you're in that room and these guys are digging a hole through this roof? Could you imagine how like obnoxious and how messy this would have been? Real ministry gets messy. Real ministry gets messy. And what were these guys thinking interrupting Jesus? Who do they think they are? These guys got creative to get their friend to Jesus. You see, if you want to reach people that no one else is reaching, you got to do things that no one else is doing. Let's be a group of people who dig, in a, dig a hole in our roof if that's what it takes to get people to Jesus. But let's get creative how we get our friends to Jesus. Your friends are paralyzed without Jesus and they don't even know it. Get committed. Get creative. I've seen people get creative with more reasons that they can't reach people. People get more creative with their excuses than with their efforts to reach people. You see, you guys will hear this message tonight, right now. And you're probably, you've probably already done this. You probably already thought. And you probably already started to put a list together of why you can't participate in this. 
or why you can't do this and why this message is not for you. This is a message tonight for every single believer. You have to have a heart for people, not just some people, for all people. Well, I've got to pray about it. You don't need to pray about what God's already told you to do. Let's be a part of something bigger. So these guys, they, they dug up the roof and they start lowering the, lowering the man down to Jesus. And the Bible says something quite profound. It says, Jesus stopped his sermon. And he looks up these guys. And because of their faith, Jesus looks at the guy and he says, your sins are forgiven. Wait, 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 wait. Not because of the paralyzed man's faith but because of his friend's faith? See, their faith made a difference for their friend. I, I can relate to this. I can get this. I can understand this. Like, here in this place right now, I probably should not be living for the Lord. I probably should not be in the place where I'm at. But I had a grandmother who constantly prayed for me. Her faith mattered. I don't know what you do with your faith, but it matters. If you're praying for your lost friend, your lost friends or your lost family, keep it up. Don't give up. Your faith for your friends, for your family matters. Um your faith matters for your friends, your faith matters for your family, it matters for your school. This man, he was being lowered down, and Jesus said, because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. And the par paralyzed man was probably like, what was that? Come again? Did I hear a niner in there? You calling from a walkie-talkie? Like, I don't, what was that? I didn't, I didn't come here, Jesus, for my sins to be forgiven. I want to walk. See, Jesus always touches the eternal before he touches the temporary. What good would it do if Jesus would have healed the man's body if he still would have walked out of there a sinner? What good would that be? The real problem wasn't the man's physical nature, but it was his, he, he was spiritually paralyzed. See, the real miracle is the spiritual one. The Bible says the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they were there and they started to get upset. And they're like, whoa, 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 hold up, Jesus, wait a minute. You can't forgive sins. Who do you think you are? And Jesus is like, uh, hello. Like, a lot of times we want to fix the actions of a person when we first need to focus on the spiritual part of a person. See, you can't fix you can't fix someone's heart, but you can bring someone to Jesus. You can't change their actions, but you can get someone to Jesus. And I'm, I'm done. I'm wrapping up. But Jesus, he, he responds, his response to the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he says this. He says, what, you, what do you think's harder? Forgiving someone of their sins or healing someone's body? See, he, he just did the best miracle ever but they were too blind to see it but just to prove who he was 
get up and walk, bro. Take your mat with you. You can go. Found people find people. People are Jesus' passion. People should be our passion. So I'm wrapping up. Last story. This is it. I know we got to go, but my, my science fair project, it was a mess. It was bad. It was really, really bad. I, I had a friend walk in with this whole solar system and black lights and theme music and fog and all this kind of stuff. And another guy, like, had a really good erupting volcano. And I asked, like, hey, guys, whoa, whoa, hey, guys, how did you do this? How did you pull this off? How did you make this work? And they were like, my dad helped me. My, my dad helped me do this. Man, I sure wish I would have asked my dad to help me on that project. See, some things are too big for us. But if we'll call on our dad, our heavenly father, our spiritual father, not our physical father, but our heavenly father, God, I've got this project. I've got this friend and, and, and I've got this project. It's, it's too big. I can't handle it. There's things in my life that's too big. And people will always be too big of a project to handle on our own. But our job is simply to pick them up, get committed, get creative, and bring them to where Jesus is. I want everybody to close your eyes just for a moment. Uh, imagine with me for a moment <clears throat> what God could do with a room full of people who had such faith. Man, that would be powerful. Man, that would be strong. That would be unified. That would be something like we've never seen before. People who had such faith. Imagine with me that this, this, what this room would look like if we had a group of students in here tonight who simply put our faith in God. We'd have to tear the roof off to get more people in here if we simple, simply followed what Jesus commanded us to do found people find people